Father, Lord, truly we can say there's none like you, Lord. Lord, you've been so wonderful to us, so good to us, Lord. And Lord, you've met so many of our needs. And Lord, in times of trouble, you've been there for us. Situations we didn't know how to handle, there you were. Lord, you've always been there, and we're thankful that we can depend upon you, Lord. We can depend upon your word, Lord, because your word will never fail. But, Lord, it will accomplish that what it's sent to do. And we can stand upon it as a firm foundation in an unstable hour, Lord. And tonight we ask that you would just come and you would meet our needs once again. Lord, you know each heart, you know each need, you know each situation, Father. Lord, you're mindful of those things, Lord. And we ask, Lord, the heart does Lord, beat down today and weary with the journey that it can be lifted up lord our eyes can be turned again lord to the hills which cometh our help for our help cometh from the lord and lord we know lord as we've heard in these last few weeks lord you're not just a god of the hills but you're also the god of the valleys you're the god of every situation lord and every everything that we could ever walk through you're god we commit this service to your hands lord We give it to you and these people tonight. Lord, bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Psalms 23. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Been a little bit under the weather, but coming out of it and very thankful. Amen. You appreciate being well when you've been sick. And, uh, but uh, have a little... Rough voice, and so having to use this mic here. Also, be praying for me. Where me and my wife are flying out in the morning to go to North Carolina, have three services there this weekend and a meeting. So, just ask you to pray for us and remember us in prayer. Amen. That we'll have a safe trip, but also a, a fruitful trip. Amen. And uh, just to strengthen the work there, brother Josh Bennett's. And the needs and situations there. Psalms 23 and verse 1. I'm sure no doubt many of us could quote it by heart. But it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Just for a few moments this evening. Um, I hadn't had the opportunity to speak here at home since the first of last month. And so this is my New Year's message to you. Happy New Year's. Amen. I, I believe it's going to be a wonderful year. Yeah. Amen. This, you know, uh, this could be the year that the Lord returns. And what a wonderful year that would be. Yeah. Wonderful time. And I, I believe that ought to be our anticipation. That ought to be what we're looking for. That ought to be what we're expecting is His return. 
Amen. And, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't care to put it off another year or to another time. I'm looking for it today. Amen. And so I, I, I just was looking and thinking about some things and, you know, in the year that we've had, and we've had a, a wonderful year. This last year was a wonderful time in the Lord, and we saw many wonderful things taking place. We saw, amen, God move on the scene and heal cancer. We saw God return prodigals back home. We've, we've saw many things, and we've had some wonderful meetings and, and, and wonderful times. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking for even more of Him. I believe as the time approaches, I believe the Holy Spirit, as it begins to pull upon us, we're going to see more and more of his goodness, of his mercy, of his, uh, of his miraculous power. I believe we're going to see more and more and more. I, I'm not looking for less of him. I'm looking for more of him. And, and David would say this, as he would talk about the time in his life or where he was at, and, and he would say how he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but he said, in this valley, I, I'm not going to fear because because thou art with me. Amen. What a confidence we can have in the time that we're living in and, and the situations that you may be facing tonight if you'd realize who is with you. Amen. That he's with you and, and he's there for you and, and your need and your situation. He says, I'll prepare the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And I, I would just like to look at this. My cup runneth over. Amen. As we have spoken about exceeding abundance, it's an overwhelming. It's more than one cup can hold. Amen. I, I, I love that. I love when the presence of God can come into a place and it's more than, than you can even hold in yourself. Amen. It's more than you can even imagine. You know, as I, I begin to look at this about the cup that runneth over, I, I got to looking at the Jewish customs and it was a custom in the Jewish lands and that if a stranger would come to your door and you, you was to take them in and feed them, you was to, to, to give them some nourishment or some water or whatever they had need of. And when the time came for the meal or whatever and the man would come around and he would fill the cups and, and if the cup was to be filled only halfway then if you was the man who came and knocked on the door you know asking for a meal or asking for something if your cup was only filled halfway it meant that you was to hurry and you was to finish your meal and you was to leave as quick as possible. And, and if he would take the cup and he would fill it to where it was right full, it means you could take your time and you could enjoy the meal. But as soon as the meal was over, you was to leave. But if the cup was filled and then it was not only filled, but he would add an extra portion to it and he would add to it till it overflowed, then it was understood. Not only could you eat, but you could take your time. You were welcome there to anything in the house and you could stay as long as you like. Amen. And God has just not given us a cup that's half full of promises. He's not even filled, just filled the cup up to the very fullest, but he has overflowed our cup. And he is showing us that we can stay in these promises as long as we want to. And we can believe these promises and we can avail these promises to ourselves. And we can take them and take whatever we have need of in the time that we have here upon this earth. And we find ourselves in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We ain't got to leave it. We can stay in that moment. Amen. We can stay in the presence of God. We can, we can have overwhelming peace and overwhelming joy. We can have these things and we can... It's and overflowing and over outpouring. Amen. That's what I'm looking for in 2019. 
I'm looking for our services not to be just good services or just good preaching. I'm looking for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's what he promised. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's not just a half feeling. It's, a, it's not just feeling to filling it to the top, but it's an overflowing and overabundance, amen, that you can stay in that gusher of eternal life. You know, Brother, Brother Brandon would tell a story about a man that was a, he said it was an old color man that was down south, and he just kept singing, and he would sing all the time. He just seemed to be all the time happy, and his boss said, I got, you know, he said, what's wrong with you? What makes you so happy? And he said, well, I got that heartfelt religion. He said, oh, there's no such a thing as a heartfelt religion. He said, boss, you made a mistake. One mistake. And he said, what was that? He said, what you should have said, there's no such a thing as a heartfelt religion as far as you know. <laughs> amen. As far as you know, because, amen, he knew different. And he said, that's the way it is with a true born again experience of God. They may say there's no such a thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost as far as they know. But we know different. They may say there's no such a thing as true worship, but we know different. They may say there's no such a thing as the power of the Holy Ghost to change a life, but we know different. Amen. They may say there's no such a thing as the healing power of Almighty God to heal cancer, but we know different. Amen. That's, that may be true as far as you know, but I know a living God. I know a God who can pour out his blessings exceedingly abundant, more than we can ever think or ask. <clears throat> he says, it shows when someone would say there's no such a thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost, it shows he doesn't have it. It shows he trusts his creeds, but we trust what God has said. And God says there's a true baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, see, you can't stand neutral. You're going to be filled in this hour. He said, well, Brother Branham, I, I, I'm on the fence. He said, no, you're not. The Bible plainly says that all that are not sealed with the Holy Ghost will receive the mark of the beast. He said, see that? And he said, I'll, I'd like to test it now. He said, the mark of the beast, remember, is a religious mark. He said, certainly, you might be filled with religion. You might have all kinds of religion. It doesn't save you at all. You can be a religious fanatic. It may, it won't, it may not, it won't save you. Touch not, taste not, handle not, smell not. There's not one thing to do with the Holy Ghost. You might be filled with a bunch of malice. You might be filled, we're talking about your cup tonight. You might be filled with a bunch of prejudice or hatred and despise everyone you don't agree with. You might be filled with a lot of nonsense. You might be filled with dirty jokes, he said, or Elvis Presley's rock and roll. You might be filled with something, but you're going to be filled with something. And he says you don't, but he said if you're filled with all those things, you don't have to be that way. Christ died that you might be cleansed and be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, what takes place when you're filled with the Holy Ghost? When you're filled with God, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're filled with power. You're filled with love. You're filled with joy. You're filled with peace. You're filled with goodness, meekness, gentleness, and with worship. You're filled with joy. David said he was so full to my cup runneth over. Is that what he said? We just read that, right? And he said, if David had a cup running over before the Holy Ghost came. Oh, come on, somebody. If David had a cup that was running over before the Holy Ghost came, he said, how much more should our cup be running over? 
<laughs> Why you got to be filled with something? And when you're, when you're filled with man's ideas, you're filled with churchanity, you're filled with creeds, you're only building yourself a Babylon. You're filled yourself up with the modern world. You're filled yourself up with lust and pride. But you don't have to stay that way. He said, I'm sure there's some good times this morning at churches around everything. Great turnouts, the glory of God falling, different places. He said, makes us all happy. But, and the bet, but the, now listen to this. He said, it makes us all happy, but the best is just ahead. Tonight will be better than it was in the morning. Can we not have that attitude when we come to the house of God? Every service ought to be the best we ever had. Come on, somebody. That ought to be our expectation. It don't matter what night it falls on, what day it falls on. If we're up, if we're down, if we're out, if we're in. It ought to be a God I'm expecting the best service we've ever had. I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to pour out more than it ever has. I'm expecting more healings than I ever seen. I'm expecting more of God than I ever witnessed in my life or ever felt in my life. I'm expecting more. Amen. He says, well, see, the problem is we can begin to fill up. He said, we ought to be not just filling up with those things, empty out, but begin to fill up with the goodness of God till it's running over. And David said, my cup runneth over. He said, I like to get to that running over portion, don't you? <laughs> that means I can stay there. Hallelujah. He said, when you get to that running over portion, then you can help somebody else when you're running over. But see, he talks about another place of just laying a little foundation here. He says, when we get out of fellowship with one another in church and out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we get into dry places, a desert, nothing live. Everything's got stickers on it. He said, that precious little tender leaf that, that hasn't got no water just wound itself up so tight till it's a sticker. And you see somebody like that, maybe it's a precious, it'd be a precious person if they'd get the right water. So the only thing it is is just a sticker and it's punching everything, finding fault. Only thing is it's still a sticker, but if it ever will get back under the water of the Holy Ghost, it can unfold itself again. He said, well, that's where then we live in the place that's suffering that condition. Those that desire to live in that kind of atmosphere of everything just punching and fussing, quarreling, stewing, you live under that atmosphere, that's all. But we don't have to live there. Amen. He talks about the children of Israel. Amen. When they come into the desert and they're walking through the desert, there was a rock that followed them. And he said, you know, they begin to call upon God for water. And he said, there was a rock. And Moses took an old stick, his rod, and struck it and water came out. Now he said, I've seen some intellectual drawings of this rock. And we've heard some intellectual preaching of this rock. Amen. I've heard so many intellectual drawings of this rock. I've seen one of the most critical ones till there was a little rock laying on top of a hill and Moses had smitten it and Israel was down there with this little teacup getting them a drink out of a little sprinkle that fell out of the rock. He said, but when that rock broke forth its waters, there was almost two million people besides ox and camels and everything else that drank the tubs of water from it. It was a gushing stream. That's the way they try to make Christ the Holy Spirit. It's just a little sprinkle. Just enough to join a church. Just enough to say I'm in the message. 
just enough to say, I believe there's a God. But he said, we don't want just a sprinkle. We want it overflowing. Well, God, let not even light ever stand for just a sprinkle here and a sprinkle there and a little bit of here and a little bit there. I say, God, every service, pour it out. Break open the well of life and turn it on top of us, Lord. Wash out sin. Wash out unbelief. Wash out creeds and dogmas of man and pour out the spirit of God in our lives. Said people are afraid of it. He said that gusher of the Holy Spirit. How many is afraid of it tonight? Don't lift your hands. Some people say, "Well, I'm just a little afraid I'll do this." Or, "What happens if I get a little too deep?" Yeah, I can tell you, you better start swimming. You're gonna drown. Yeah, he said. I, he said some people say I can show you where someone went too far. But notice the next statement. He said, but you never do point to those who don't go far enough. Woo. Well, they get off in that fanaticism. You get, it's, a, you know, it's a bunch of emotionalism, but they don't never point to those who are in their churches that hadn't went far enough and full of every kind of cage of every evil spirit and hateful bird. And they begin to make excuses why they can't live the life of Jesus, the token life. And they got to grow into it. And that's not what the Holy Ghost was given for. The Holy Ghost is a gusher. It ain't just a sprinkle for you to say, well, I sit on a pew at Evening Light Tabernacle. Or I listen to so many tapes. Or I do this. No, it's a gusher that'll clean your life out. It'll take away the malice and the temper and the hatred and the bitterness. It'll take care of all of that stuff. Amen. It's 751. Notify yourself we're at church. Amen. We're here for a moment. Just hang on a second. Amen. 2 Samuel 6 and verse 11. Let me go to one of my favorite characters, David. David was one of my kind of man. He must have been God's kind of man too because he says, you know, he said, David, you're a man after my own heart. Right. Amen. We, say, we, we can read all this about the, the ark and where it had been and all that. And here it's returned now, coming back to Israel, to its place where it belonged. And it was told King David in verse, chapter 6 and verse 12 of 2 Samuel. It says, told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obedim and this pertain, all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedim unto the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord and gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fattings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen. And And David and all the house brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. With shouting. Amen. With amens. With exuberance. It was something, amen, that meant something to them. They knew what it was like to be without the blessings of God. Amen. Once you've experienced the blessings of God, you don't ever want to go back to those places again. Once you experience this life, amen, this life that gives you the ability to look at sin in the eye and say, no, I don't want you no more. There ain't no going back to those things. 
And here they came, and David saw it coming back, the word being restored, brought back to his rightful place among the right people. And so the blessings of God could be opened to them. It done something in David. Amen. It wasn't just a normal Wednesday night service, but his cup began to bubble over. Amen. It began to dance around the ark of God. Why? Because something on the inside stirred to see the word had come back to his place. Our hearts ought to be stirred. We're a people that have witnessed the word of God being brought back to his rightful place. Amen. It's power and it's ability. And we see the ability of the word to go forth into the houses and heal the sick and raise the dead and bring the lost loved ones back. It ought to put something in us. It ought to put an expectation that the word is here. So if the word's here, what's that word going to do? Of course, there was those there, even David's own wife. It wasn't his enemy. It was his own kinfolk. It wasn't who you would expect. It was somebody that you wouldn't expect. They began to make fun of his worship and call it devil worship and call it all kinds of stuff. Say it ain't of God and it's wrong and you're making a scene. You shouldn't be doing those kind of things. It wasn't from somebody you expected it from. It was from the unexpected place. Ain't that the way the devil likes to do? Brother Brandon said, I seen that little girl that time, David's wife, hid behind her little fan, fanning. I have you to know I'm in the message. I got the revelation on this. David, you're out of order. Out of whose order? Not out of God's order. Amen. What do you think God was doing in heaven? Amen. Here, little old David went down and danced around the ark as hard as he could. Why, you embarrass me. I'll have the general counsel put you out. You embarrass me. He said, why, you don't like that? Watch this. Daddy went around and around the ark and went rejoicing, happy, shouting, praising God. If you don't like that, watch this. Listen, I was driving home from uh, Pennsylvania and, and I began to think of all the things that's come against us in this last year and the people that said things and done it. You know, all that stuff begins to run behind you in your mind and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, if they did like last year, watch this. Amen. If you didn't like last year's healings, watch this year's healings. If you didn't like last year's deliverances, watch this year's deliverances. If you didn't like last year's prodigals coming home, watch this year. Hallelujah. If you didn't like last year's outpouring the Holy Ghost, get ready. He's going to give more and more and more. If you didn't like last year's power, watch this year's power. If you didn't like last year's worship, watch this year's worship. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. This is our God. (laughs) 
Brother Branham found himself, and we've heard this story, but it's worth going into again. He said he was ministering, had a blackboard up, and he was doing some teaching on how you would descend and how Christ, the second would come into Christ. He said, I give a little intermission. They were singing some songs while I was resting. He said, I had about four and a half hours of teaching. Oh, yeah, that blows you 45 minutes. I want the preacher to preach people out, don't it? Four and a half hours of teaching straight. And they were singing a special. Some people come from Louisville. Some young ladies went to beating on some tin cans, and they had a washboard, some thimbles on their fingers, and they was playing. I guess you've seen the hookup. One was going to play the piano, and they started playing that song. There's going to be a meeting in the air, and the sweet, sweet by and by, God's own son will be leading the one at that meeting in the air. And the little lady turned real wide around the mouth, began to beat that piano. He said, I believe if there was three rows and three decks of keys, she'd have played every one of them. Oh, yeah. I never seen such playing in all my life. Lady on that washboard was hitting them thimbles. This little blonde headed sister is so high, jumped up off the floor and began to dance. He said, There I was sitting in my tabernacle of Baptist church. I thought, Oh, my, here it is. Why did they have to do that for? I waited and looked around at the people, and they looked at me, and I looked at them. I thought, I'm a fundamentalist. You couldn't show me that in the Bible. Oh, that sounds like some message believers got it all figured out, don't it? There's just a whole lot of things that a lot of us fundamentalists don't even know is in there. He said, that's all. He said, there's a whole lot of things we don't know that's in there. He said, I looked around. I thought, my, where did dancing ever come from? I was sitting there in the seat of the scornful, of course, you know, not saying nothing. I was afraid to actually say nothing. But he said, I was thinking it. He said, because I didn't know they might be right and me wrong. I didn't want to say something like that. So I thought, now, isn't that terrible, though? Right here in my tabernacle, this little lady out there just with her eyes closed, dancing around. First thing you know, up got another one. It's like, oh, my. What am I going to do? I begin to rehearse in my mind that in the Bible, they did dance. And he said, I thought when they danced, what was it? Dancing was spoke of when Pharaoh was pursuing Israel and all the enemy drowned and Miriam picked up a tambourine and began to beat that tambourine and began to dance. And all the daughters of Israel followed her dance. I thought, well, they had victory. I read where David, when the ark had been bent so long away, turned back, he was so happy about it, he started dancing. He had the victory. And his sweetheart made fun of him, laughed at him, you know. Well, you do. He said, you don't like that? Watch this. And he went around and around and he went again. Well, she sat up there and laughed at him and God put a curse on her. And he said, but he turned to David and said, thou art a man after my own heart. I thought, well, the only thing that's the matter with me, I just ain't got enough victory. In a few minutes, something happened. He said, now this might shock you. <laughs> so get your shockproof vest on. When I come to myself, I was out there with that little girl dancing on that floor. Just the thing I didn't want to do, I did. 
I never was on a dance floor in my life, but I guess I did it all right. I sure felt awful good. I had victory after that, so that would be all right then, I guess. See, God's in music. You say, well, you don't believe God's in music. Certainly, God's in music. God's in the universe. He's in his creatures. He's in his church. God is everywhere. And he said, you know, all kinds of things are going through this building, radio messages, television pictures, right through your body. Your eye can't pick it up, but it's going on anyhow. He said, but if we can become a magnetic post of the Holy Ghost, that God sends his message out of glory, we can jump up and pick it up and catch it and say, isn't it wonderful? He said, it sure is. Mercy. He said, I get among Christians sometimes who claim to be sainted men, women of God, but ashamed of a testimony. They're ashamed to say amen. They're ashamed to sing the songs of Zion. They're ashamed everywhere. I like to get among people who's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Though it seems like heresy, they're not ashamed. Something has happened. It means more than life to them. It is the life. It's life eternal because they've accepted God's provided sacrifice. He was going, this is important in 63, so this quote qualifies. He said, I like this kind of singing. When I was back there praying for some people a few minutes ago and been brought in, this is, not being a, this is not a prayer service just to speak. I was here just to speak. He said, but I heard the songs and those clapping of hands. And some of them, even I've seen them run around the floor, and they call it dancing in the spirit. He said, the first time I was a critic of that, when I saw the Pentecostal people dancing in the spirit, I thought, what is this? Must be a bunch of nonsense. And I got to reading the Bible, and he said, before you know it, I was out there on the floor with him. He said, see, dancing was a victory. When David slew Goliath, that little fellow come dragging his head, you think he come dragging his head? He was just with a downcasted face. No, he came dragging his head dancing. They had the victory. Miriam danced. He said, if that is an old-fashioned Pentecostal meeting, I've never seen one in my life. Amen. He said, I remember David, the great psalmist in the Bible, when he saw the power of God coming back to the church. He saw the ark being restored. He couldn't help himself no longer. He had to get in there and begin to dance in the spirit, begin to rejoice in the things of God, begin to amen. He says, but then denominations will come among us and they'll separate us and they'll say that's a bunch of nonsense. He said, but Pentecost is our pattern. Did you hear that? Pentecost is our pattern. The church of God was inaugurated on the day of Pentecost. And the same spirit that came upon them day, that in that day, every time without fail, when the spirit came upon the people, they acted the same way. <laughs> they acted the same way. And he says, but yet now we got highly cultured, scientific research. We can do all kinds of things. We're educated. 
He said, but what it takes is a surrendered heart to the power of Almighty God and the Holy Spirit will come as a token upon that person and these signs shall follow them that believe. And if it ever remains the same, he said, so go ye into all the world and preach. Somebody say preach. Preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's the life of Christ that is now upon the worshiper. See, could you imagine about this blood sacrifice, blood being in worship? He said, could you imagine a Jew under the days of the shed blood of a woolly lamb on the day of atonement? He's going to make his sacrifice. He brings his fine, fat bullock, Jehovah's requirement, or a lamb maybe, going to lay it, take it to the priest. See if there's a blemish on it. When he goes to the place of worship, he realizes he's a sinner. He did wrong. He lays his hands upon the sacrifice. And by laying his hands upon this sacrifice, he identifies himself with the sacrifice. And then when his throat is cut, his life is taken. His hands are laying upon him. His life is taken. He feels the pain of that animal dying, the blood squirting through his hands. He realizes that animal has taken his place. And he goes back justified because he'd done exactly what Jehovah required him to do. And that's the same thing it is in Christians today. It isn't signing a card. It isn't you come to Sunday school so many days and get perfect attendance and you'll be, you'll get a star. It isn't that. It's laying your hands upon God's provided sacrifice. It's part in the head of Jesus Christ and feeling the tears of flesh at Calvary and identifying yourself with his baptism as he died and rose again so you bear in his name and rise in the newness of life and walk as a new creature in Christ when you did that with sincerity. But he says, see what happened with those? They turned those sacrifices to a tradition. They turned their services to a tradition. It became their formality. Well, you know, I believe the message, so the message says go to church, so I'm going to go to church. Or I'm a Bible reader, and the Bible reader, uh, you know, sees that it says forsake not the assembling, so i got to go do my duty, so I'm going to go. No, that's just a tradition. Just, well, you know, uh, well, guess what? I got up a little late. I ain't going to have time, and... Lord knows, hey, they're streaming it anyway. I'm going to check that out. And, you know, traditions, you know, it's what, before you know it, as Malachi would say, he said it became a stink. It became a false offering. It wasn't even a sacrifice no more. They brought whatever they could grab out of the pen and brought it up there and just laid it there. Said, well, here, God, here's my best. Here it is. God deserves more than that. Let's not ever let our services become a tradition. You know, I never understood people that would, you go to the church and they sing so many songs and then they pray and then they take them off and then they sing so many songs and then they do this and it's just like a tradition. It's same, same, same cut, cookie cutter service. 
And then they get to the end of it, preacher lays out his heart, and you can preach conviction, you can preach the power of God, and they'll get up and sing a service, all right, dinner, and God bless you, we'll see you next service. Listen, I don't care nothing about traditions. Let's don't ever put God in a box and say, well, you know, a two-hour service or a three-hour service. Listen, if God wants to go all night, so be it. I got about half of you there. Whatever it is, whatever the Spirit of God wants to do among us, I want him to let him be free to do it. I don't want nothing of my own ideas and what I think and what I believe. Or if I just believe, I, I don't want none of my thinking in this. I don't want none of mine to become a tradition of, a, of just a forced worship, but I want it to come from my heart. Amen. I was talking to a pastor today. He said, you know, you schedule out a, 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 a communion service, you know, and, you, and you, you, you expect people and they call you and they say, well, pastor, what do you think? He said, I got a family member that come in and wants to go buy my dinner. Well, you think that's all right? Instead of coming to church and taking communion, he said, I ain't answering that. I'm not going to give you the answer for that. The pastor ain't the Holy Ghost. It ain't the conviction. He's not the conviction. It takes God to do that. Because preachers can preach conviction, but unless the Holy Ghost comes upon it on your heart and begins to prick at you and say, hey, buddy, that's you. Hello. That's you. You feel like, oh, man, yeah, that was me. It don't do no good. We don't want our church services to become a bunch of legalism and laws and regulations and in our dress codes, a bunch of laws and regulations. That's not what it's about. It's not forced worship. It's something that ought to come from the heart. Not regulated by a tape or regulated by even a, you know, a preacher's preaching. None. That ain't what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get people birthed into the kingdom of God. And if you get the Holy Ghost, you ain't got to worry about church attendance. You don't have to worry about pumping and priming people to worship. It's in them to do so. He said, some time ago, a young lady in a prayer line, I asked her, you're a Christian? She said, well, I'll tell you, I'm an American. I'll give you understand. He said, like that had anything to do with it. It's an American. It's great to be an American, but don't mean you're a Christian. You got to be born again. Another woman, I asked, are you a Christian? I give you to understand I burn a candle every night. What's that got to do with anything? You've got to be identified with Christ and his life living in you. It's when you're identified with Christ is when Christ lives in you. Then it's not a ritual. It isn't belonging to a certain church. That's all good. He says here, so we come to healing services, and if you notice, it's constantly telling people to repent. He said, until it becomes our prayers have become a tradition. We kneel down at night and say, Lord, bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, do this, help John do this, make God a mascot, make him do your kind of be an errand boy for you. God, you do this, you do this, you do this. That's not the way Jesus told us to pray. He said, our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't try to order God. He said that's the reason the church is cooling off. He said that's the reason why the great revival that struck the land and put millions into a church is they got to a place, they've been using these experiences and so forth, have become a tradition. Instead of godly sorrow and letting the Holy Spirit do the work of his office within you, creating you a new life and making you so hungry to go to church that you can't stay away from it, then that's what it is, just a tradition. Amen. Not just sign a ticket, join something. It has to be the life of Christ in you. He talks about that spring. He walked upon it just bubbling bubbling just kept coming it's always the happiest spring I've ever seen fine cold water one day I sat down I says that spring is what makes you do this what makes you come on a Wednesday night what makes you keep going when the things go you go through life's journey and you take hits and you take beatings just keep coming just keep rising up. Go through family deaths and it, you just keep coming. Go through sicknesses and you just keep coming. Just keep pouring out. Why? Is it because I'm here? Is it, is it I come spring, autumn, summer, and you're just bubbling? Maybe you're so happy that the animals come. He said, if we could talk and say, no, that's not it. Is it the deer? No, that's not it. What is it because I come once? No, that's not it. I'm glad they all come. I'm glad you come, but that's not the reason. He said, if he could talk, he'd say, it's not me. It's something behind me. Pushing me. And he said, that's the way it should be with our Christian experience. It isn't something you have to work up. Amen, we, ought to come. we don't not come to church to be worked up. We ought to come to church already worked up. We don't come to church just to hear a good song so we can get a little happy. We ought to come to church happy and then sing a good song. We ought not come to church to hear a good sermon so we can just shout amen. We ought to be shouting amen the praises of God before the first word is spoke. Because you're believing and expecting this is going to be the best service I've ever been in. This is going to be the power of God like I've never seen before. Whew. I turned some song services upside down. Amen. <laughs> Brother Branham tells a story of being up in the mountains and he got a little carried away. So he didn't just have to be in church to get carried away. He got carried away any time he saw God. And he said, if you got God in you, you'll see God everywhere. Amen. He's just everywhere. You see him. If you'll get him inside of you, you'll see him everywhere. It'll make it so hard for people to see and understand God. But that's why it's so hard because they're not, he's not in their heart. But if God is in your heart, he wants to show himself to you every day. He said he was there and he saw this rainbow. Remembered the covenant of God. <laughs> Saw the jasper and the sardis stone from beginning to the end, the first to the last, all the way. The God that I am is a God, the God that was is the God of the I am. All that wrapped up in that rainbow. 
said, I heard old male elk begin to bugle, and there was God in that bugle, and a wolf began to howl. There was God howling in the wolf. While I was standing there, he said, I noticed a little pine squirrel, a little fussy, just begin to fuss. You know, he's just a blue coat policeman of the woods. Makes so much noise sometimes. He says, just too big to do, too little to do anything, just so long, little bitty guy. He was just carrying on. I said, what are you excited about? He said, because I got so happy hearing them things to where I began to run around the tree. He said, I put my gun against the tree and I ran around and around and around and around that tree shouting the praises of God. He said, I wasn't near nobody. He said, but I didn't need nobody to praise God. He said, I, I just loved him. And he said, it just so exploded inside of me. And he said, I stopped for a minute to catch my breath. And here's that pine scroll. Days of miracles have passed. You're having too much fun. Can't sing that song. Yeah. Can't do this. You're getting too emotional. What are you doing? Run around a pine tree. You nuts. Brother Brandon said, I looked over there. He said, my cup had started running over. He said, he just said, filled up until it was running over. And he said, I looked at that pine squirrel. I said, what are you so excited about? And acting the way you're acting. Are you acting that way because I'm acting the way I am? He said, if you so loved the creator the way I do, you would be doing the same thing. Woo! That's a good thing to tell that critic next time he makes fun of you dancing around whatever, shouting the praises of God. Hey Amen. What are you doing? Why are you, why are you criticizing me? If you loved him the way I love him, you would be doing the same thing. <laughs> he said, but God was wanting to show me, if you don't like that, watch this. He said, I noticed a little guy wasn't watching me. He had turned his head, and there was this eagle that was in the bushes there. Been blowed down in that storm. He said, well, look at here. What are you trying to? Lord, stop me from shouting for a moment. I seen him in the sunset, hear him in the air, in the elk and nature. And now they got this little squirrel. Don't like that eagle. Disturbed me in my moment, praising God. He said, but I noticed this eagle. He wasn't no coward. See, God can't use cowards. When you believe God, you got to believe him with all that's in you. God don't want anyone saying, church, oh yes, praise the Lord, I believe it. Then on the outside say, well, I still feel bad. He don't want cowards. He wants someone who will stand toe to toe with the enemy and take him off your promise. He said, I'd look at the eagle so brave and he thought, well, the eagle... I could grab that rifle and shoot you. He said, but before I get that rifle and shoot him, he'd be in that timber and I'd never see him no more. He said, God made that eagle. He gave him two wings. And he had perfect faith in those two God-given wings. I thought, whoa, what if the church that had been given faith in the two wings that God gave them, the new and the Old Testament? And he could fly away from the trouble and fly away from the sickness and fly away from the sorrow and get away from it all. I watched him for a few moments and that little old pine squirrel was just cursing him for all that he had. And he didn't pay him one bit of attention. Come on, eagles. 
It's time we quit worrying about the critics. They're going to be a critic. They're going to be an old pine squirrel. But we have been called to be an eagle. I stood there and cried like a baby. He said, because that eagle didn't look no more, he just made a flop. He flopped them wings, hit that wind. In just a few moments, he was a little speck. He said, see, Lord, it isn't running from place to place, joining Methodists, being this, being that. It isn't that. Get your feet off the ground. And set your wings in the winds of faith. And when the Holy Ghost comes in, just ride on up. Oh, hallelujah. Ride on up like that eagle. He rode away from the chatter, chatter, chatter. The days of miracles will pass. And there's no such thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's for another age. Chatter, chatter, chatter. He said he went so far to where he couldn't even hear that little pine squirrel no more. Pine squirrel, if you don't like that, watch this. There is a bride here that's got faith in her wings. And she's about to set them in that wind of faith and begin to soar out of here. And you won't hear from her no more. You won't see her no more. She'll be gone in a moment of twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. How many's part of that eagle train? This ain't an earthbound train. This is a leaving the earth train. We're getting ready to get out of here. Hallelujah. When an airplane takes off, that pilot, you can feel him start putting a thrust to it. And it begins to move. I've been in some of them big old planes. You wonder how in the world is it ever going to get off the ground. But he just keeps putting it to it. Keep putting it to it. Until he finally hits that moment. And you can feel that plane. It's kind of bumping for a minute. Then, gone. What do you think the Holy Ghost has been given for? It's the power. And he's going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it just feels like you're bumping along. But all of a sudden, that wind's going to catch some wings. a moment in a twinkling of an eye that is my anticipation that is what I'm looking for I'm not worried about keeping on bumping along bumping along one day very soon that power is going to match the force it's needed to take us off this earth and this bride's going to rise is she going to leave this earth bound pine squirrels Brother Branham, talking about the promises of God, promises the whole, a promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, Paul preached it. He said, we're going to preach it. He said, many are afraid when it comes, you're going to act funny. Many are afraid the whole, what the Holy Ghost will make you do, something you'd be ashamed of. Many people are afraid they'll cry, and somebody will see them cry. My neighbor will see them, or boss will see them. Let me tell you one time, about one, a man one time, about David again. He said, the ark was coming down through that Philistine land. And it came down into the promised land. And David saw it coming. It so overwhelmed him. He kicked his feet in the air and he jumped around, screamed, jumped, danced, shouted. 
wife made fun of him, despised him. Said, you look like an idiot. You're crazy. But that night when he come in, she said, you embarrassed me. You're the king acting like that. He said, David said, tomorrow I'll do better than that. Don't you know I was dancing unto the Lord? See, he had crossed over into the land of promise. He lost all self-style and muck of the world. He was so happy to know that the ark was now back in his rightful place. And he said, I tell, some, tell you, some people are afraid to receive the Holy Ghost, afraid they might speak with tongues, afraid that somebody might say that, that he's one of them tongue guys. They're afraid to come to church to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they're ashamed of it. Somebody told me I need to recall my tapes because I preached on being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not recalling not one of them. Matter of fact, I'm making more of them. That's right. If they don't like what we did yesterday, watch what we're going to do tomorrow. Hallelujah. Let that be our battle cry this year. If they didn't like what happened last year and they didn't like the meetings and the youth camp and the spiritual meeting we had in October, watch this year. Watch what God's going to do. He's going to pour out his spirit. That's thus saith the Lord. And I say there's a people here with their cups up and say they're running over. Let it run over, God. I'm welcome here. This is my homeland. This is where I belong. Hallelujah. You kidding me? I'm enjoying myself. I'm going to see more healings and more deliverances. I'm going to see more prodigal sons. And I'm going to dance around this till more comes. Hallelujah. If you don't like that, watch what's about to take place. If you don't like it, watch what's going to happen. God's going to pour it out. I say this evening, say, God, I'm here to receive it. Hallelujah. Say, God, I'm here to receive everything you have for me. We're not leaving a hoof behind. We're claiming every God-given promises. We're not drawing back our property. We're pushing out into the promises of God. We're not recanting. We're not recalling. We're going forward. Hallelujah. I say let the spirit of worship loose. Let the power of praise loose. Let God show who's God. Let the God who answers by fire, let him see what say what's the truth. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. This is our God. He's the same yesterday and forever. He's a God who heals all our diseases. He's a God who's turning back the tide of the enemy. He said when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm going to raise a standard. Evening like tabernacle, you have been raised as a standard to the demons of formalism, the demons that says there's no power in God, the demons that says there's no such a thing as true worship. Here's a standard. Let your flags fly. This is the homeland, and I'm not leaving it. Hallelujah. Oh, is there a Miriam in the house? Is there a David in the house? Say, yes, Lord. Your word is here in power. Do 
what you promised you would do. of God get ready to receive your children they ain't a hell too deep they ain't a, they ain't a place too dark that the Holy Spirit can't go and arrest them and bring them back to the house of God hallelujah start looking for God to fulfill it start looking for every service this is going to be the best service this is going to be a powerhouse service. This is going to be the Holy Ghost falling service. This is going to be joy service. This is going to be the moment my child turns around. Brother Mike, Sister Rachel, you remember that service. If God could do it for them, he'll do it for you. Hallelujah. Sister Atlanta remembers that service. If God did it for her, he'll do it for you. Come on, eagle. Set those wings. It's the spirit of God moving among us. Hallelujah. We ain't calling it back. We're sending more. We're not calling that spirit of God back. Oh, it's too hard. No, we're saying, God, go get them. Breathe, O breath of God. Go into those places. Not just in our own children, but God in this year. Go into those foreign lands. Wherever that seed is of God, bring it forth. We're ready to get out of here. Why don't you just lift your hands and praise the Lord? The musicians can come. Sister Jessica, come sing that song. When the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart. Hallelujah. I'm not going to this year defeated. I'm going to this year with my head looking for more. My head is held high. Amen. It's not down in the dumps and wondering why and wondering this and wondering that. I know God said it. He's going to fulfill it. And he said the promise is unto you and your children. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 